Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey there, Longest Shortest Time listeners. Have we made you laugh or cry or, or feel something big in the last few years? If the answer is yes... I need you to do something for me right now. I need you to vote for us for a Webby Award. Now, you guys, all of last week, we were in first place for a People's Voice Award for Best Lifestyle Podcast. And then over the weekend, two other podcasts pulled ahead of us by just one percentage point. But don't worry, the race is super close still, and there's one day left to vote. The competition ends tomorrow, April 20th, so we need you guys to get on this right now. You are the very best audience in the world, and I know you can pull this off. If you are listening to my voice right now on your phone, just look in your podcast app, and you should see a link to vote right in the description for this episode. Or if you go to our website, longestshortesttime.com, you'll see a pop-up with a button to vote for us. Thank you so much to everyone who's voted already. But you guys, your, your job isn't done yet either. You need to tell your friends to vote too. If we win this, it'll help more people to find our show and to love us and, and to feel all the feelings that we make people feel. You guys, we want entire subway cars of people crying on their way to work. And t- together, together we can make that happen. So go vote for us in the Webbies. And thanks. Do you think I would be able to play something that would make you cry? It's a Wednesday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is that a challenge? (laughs) (laughs) I've wanted to introduce you guys to my friend Andrea Salenzi for a while now. Andrea has this podcast about love and dating called YOY. I am crazy about this show because Andrea takes risks in her writing and in her subject matter, and she allows herself to be vulnerable in a way that I just don't hear very often. I like Andrea's style so much that that I actually edit her podcast, so you sometimes hear me on YOY. But um, way, way back, before I worked with Andrea, she told me that she was entering her 30s and that dating for her was changing. She was starting to think seriously about whether she wanted kids. And for the first time, she was starting to date with the purpose of maybe finding someone she thought could be a good dad. She said a lot of her friends were thinking about dating in the same way. I actually tried to record an interview with Andrea about this a couple years ago, but when we got in the studio, she kind of shut down. She didn't seem ready to have the conversation, so we didn't air it. And I didn't know it at the time, but the things we talked about that day apparently had a big impact on Andrea and led her to make some choices that dramatically shook up her dating life. So this is all your fault. (laughs) Andrea, I feel like (laughs) you're getting way ahead of yourself. Can can we just start with this? This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. Today, Andrea Salenzi, brave, brave Andrea Salenzi, is ready to talk about dating with the purpose of finding someone to raise kids with. 
Let's start with part of an episode that Andrea made for her own podcast, YOY. It's actually an episode where I made a guest appearance. So you'll hear me there as the guest, not the host. And the story kind of jumps around in time in actually a really lovely way. You'll see what I mean. Andrea released this episode only a few weeks after she'd broken up with her boyfriend, Mike. And she wrote this first part to sort of sound like a letter to him. Here's Andrea. Your hangers were all white and clear, but mine were a bright colored mess. Some were from my closet growing up, from my first dorm room, mostly plastic, some wood, some just meant for skirts. But after a year in our apartment, the hangers started to mix. I stole your clear hangers with the little strap hooks, or I'd find one of my burnt mustard ones under your green flannel. With every load of laundry, we weaved our lives closer together. And every time I reached for one of your hangers, I'd look at you like, are you sure about this? Mike and I broke up a week into starting this show. Here to help me explain it is my editor, Hillary Frank. Hey, Andrea. Maybe we, I don't know where this begins. Why don't we just start? Just okay. like, tell me, tell me what's going on. Before I start talking with Hillary, I need to take you back in the past to the week Mike and I were getting ready to move in together. That week, Hillary and I recorded a long chat about this phenomenon my friend Holly coined. It's called the reverse timeline. It's basically this. Once a woman decides she wants to have kids, it changes how she dates. She does this backwards math to determine by what age she should be meeting a lifelong partner. So let's look at my life. Let's say I want to have one kid at the age of 37. I'd want to start trying by 36. And I'd want to know this guy at least five years before doing that. And if marriage turns out to be in the plan, you could imagine two years before you get engaged, one year to be engaged, and then two years of being newlyweds. I see this timeline playing out on my friends' Facebook pages all the time. Don't you? So for me, that age was meet him by 30, 31. But for some reason, that whole chat, I couldn't be clear with Hillary about that plan. Here's how she describes it. You kind of froze. I think of you as a person who you're generally pretty forthcoming and you're like not shy around a mic. And I couldn't get anything out of you. And then I remember this question she asked me. It was like a bell going off in my head. I suddenly knew what was holding up my decision. Here's the audio we recorded that day. It was recorded over a year ago. It's in the past. Do you feel like if he had his mind made up, it would be easier for you? Yeah, 100%. Because then I know, yeah, then I know. And you think if he said, I definitely want kids, would you yes. be on board with that? <laughs> yeah, I would be like, great, me too. I've always known this. And that's when I realized that Mike had become so important in my life that I was afraid to say out loud if a kid was in my plan. Because what if it wasn't in his plan? I didn't know his plan. So let's go now to the chat I had with Hillary after the breakup. I'm amazed by how many people get married without knowing. It's like a scary thing to talk about because it can end in a breakup. I think we were so unsure that we would even get to the point of having to make that decision that we didn't feel like we had to talk about it. And we went on to live together without really having that conversation so all I had in my head were these two little 
half conversations that we'd had over the course of dating. And the first one, we were at a bar and I said, let's just talk about it. Do you want to have kids someday? And he's like, I think I'd like to be a father to a son. And he could picture himself playing ball with the son, being the assistant coach on a team. And that was a really cool image. And I was thinking, that's my plan. I'll have one son someday. Then we were on vacation and we saw a kid learning how to snorkel with his dad. And Mike kind of looked at me and said, oh, it'd be fun to teach a kid how to swim. So now I'm picturing our son and he's playing baseball with Mike and we're taking him on vacation with us and teaching him how to swim. I'm just going to break in here and give you guys some more details. I hear from a lot of couples that the way they talk about the kid decision can be in these little asides. So I remember taking these little stories and giving them a lot of weight in my mind. They were all I knew about where Mike was coming from. Until this night, when we were out to dinner for our second anniversary. And we're sitting right in front of some birthday cake. I don't know why. It's like a kid's birthday cake like my mom used to make with white frosting and like rainbow sprinkles. And it's a fancy Italian restaurant. Local Brooklyn actors are often seen at. But it's like this very childish birthday cake. And we're sitting right in front of it. And we kind of sit down excitedly. We know we're going to order it. Like the cake, where is the cake? It's like behind a. We're like sitting glass at the bar. Okay. Yeah. And it's like right on the other side of the bar. Okay. It's probably not an essential detail at all. I just know it was like all I could stare at because we were sitting there talking and very casually, Mike says, Oh, yeah, I figured out my decision on the kid thing. Definitely never want to have kids. He just said it out of the blue like that. Yeah. It hadn't registered to him. That it was almost him telling us we were breaking up. Had you ever expressed to him that you really wanted a kid? I liked having it on the table for a thing that I could think about, but I I hadn't been as clear with him up until then. So for him saying that, he had no idea that it was going to hit me like that. Mm -hmm. So what did you say? I mean, I think it's just one of those moments where you just know it's over. Yeah. I tried to tell him about the snorkeling. (laughs) You just know that that fantasy is like that whole plan is. Just not going to happen. You can't convince someone to have a kid with you. Not if they don't want to. There's nothing I could say. I could. Sp- I mean, I could have tried to spend all night just being like, what about baseball? What about snorkeling? What about being a family? And I would say things like, well, what are we going to, what goes in that place? But if you don't want to have a kid, you don't need something to go in that place. Like, I'm the only one who felt like something would be empty. Is that the moment when you realized that you wanted it? Yeah. Yeah, I want to make birthday cake for someone. (laughs) Is that why the birthday cake stood out to you? Like it because it looks sad because we were like celebrating our anniversary, and then the cake comes out, and it's just like there's nothing to celebrate anymore. Oh, you had ordered the cake. Yeah, I was on the way. Yeah. By the end of the dinner, had you decided that you were going to end it? At that moment in my life, he was the person who 
knew me better than anyone. I was closer to him than every member of my family. We had an apartment we loved together. We, My dog loves him. You know, we had this life that I'd never been happier. So how do you step out of that for this vague idea of having a son someday? I didn't want to have to know that I wanted it that bad yet. So what you just heard was Andrea on her own podcast. But Andrea and I have kept talking about this over the last few months. And so I brought her back into the studio just a couple weeks ago. So Andrea, I just want to catch people up. Yes. Right. So you broke up with your boyfriend, Mike. Um, How long ago now? Six months. And Not that I'm counting or anything. (laughs) (laughs) And you realized that you were going to need to start dating again. And that was not a thing you were very excited about. What has it been like dating with like with the purpose of knowing that you want to meet somebody to have a child with? It's the worst because you can't, it's just less fun. You know, if you think someone's cute and you just want to make out with them, that's no longer a thing that feels like it's true to myself. So now someone needs to be both cute and smart and interesting and have the similar dreams as me for their future. How do you – I'm just never going to get to the makeout. (laughs) It's more of a math problem. Yeah. And if I couldn't talk about the kid question with someone who I loved and lived with, how am I going to talk to strangers about that on a first date? As Andrea was telling me all of this, I was like, right – How do you even start that conversation with a guy? That's when I realized Andrea has a secret weapon, her podcast. Andrea does these focus groups on her show. She's done one with a group of single straight guys, another with single straight ladies. And so I was like, well, you do these things. I think you should do one that is um, single guys who want kids. (laughs) And I was like, Hillary... I see what you're doing here. You just want me in a room full of guys I could possibly date. And and I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing ethically wrong with that, right? right? <laughs> so I, I remember kind of posting online, like, looking for single guys who want to be dads in the New York City area for my show. <laughs> I promise. So you guys, Andrea actually went out and did this. When we come back, we're going to hear from a bunch of single straight dudes who want to be dads. And hey... Maybe a couple of them will be cute. Stay with us. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. We're back with my friend Andrea Salenzi, who hosts the podcast YOY. Okay, so Andrea, you put together this focus group of single guys who want to be dads. What were you hoping to find out from these guys? Well, I'm obviously thinking about this all the time. And I also am coming out of a two and a half year long relationship where 
the person I love the most on the planet never talked about this with me. So I guess I wanted to figure out what guys sound like when they're talking about these issues, if they're asking the same questions as I am. And if they do, like, are they talking about it with each other? Do they bring it up on dates? So, so you're like setting up a situation where you can eavesdrop on them. Like you're like you're kind of spying on them, gathering intel. Yeah, exactly. I'm a... I feel like you've probably done this with moms before where you're asking a question and it's also a question that you have personally. Of course I have. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> All right. So so break this focus group down for me. You found seven guys, right? Yeah, we found seven guys, but only six were really suitable for this project because, of course, one of them had a girlfriend. I didn't read the fine print. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, typical. So uh, we're not going to hear anything more from that guy. I can hear you. I can hear them. I can hear them. I split the guys up between two studios. So in New York, we have two guys. In D.C., we have four. And I actually even set up a Skype connection so everyone could kind of see each other. I feel like from here on out, everything we say can be used against us in court of law. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Court of dating. <laughs> and the question I wanted to ask them all was this. I was like, why do you want to have kids? Because I'm figuring that out, too. It's a question I'm constantly piecing together in my own head. Yeah, I've been wondering that. Why do you want kids? So something that I'm feeling a lot on a daily basis right now is this feeling like someone's missing. Which And it's actually even two people, right? It's a potential long-term partner, and then it's the kid we'd hopefully raise together. And I feel this constant absence, and it's usually at holidays, or like a Passover dinner, but sometimes it'll be just on the most boring moments of my life. It's like, where are you guys? <laughs> so it, there's probably a loneliness too. So that's my reason for wanting to have a kid, but I really want to know what the guys were thinking. So let's start with Eric. He's 35 years old, and weirdly, he's a guy I matched with on Tinder. There was like one Thanksgiving I came home and there was this really cute baby and I, but like nobody was talking about it because my family doesn't talk about things. And I was just like, later I was like, who's this little bastard baby? What's going on? Like, and and like, and like in the Game of Thrones sense, I'm not saying he's a little jerk. I'm just saying he's actually, I don't know who's his family is. And like, there are a few Thanksgivings that went by and I was always nice, but like they finally explained things. It was my cousin's wife's sister's teen pregnancy. We were just hanging out on Thanksgiving and I was just trying to be, you know, nice and pleasant. And he's just like sitting on my tummy. Like I'm like kind of on the couch and he's sort of lying on me. At that point also there was this thing where I'm like a foot taller than most of my family. And so he started calling me big fella, which was just great. So I'm big fella and everybody else is just family. Um, so he's looking at me and he's just looking at me and uh, this like glint of recognition and just being like, I like talking to you and I love you. And it was like, oh, like that's like a really validating feeling. Mm-hmm. Like for a, a kid to know that you're like an ally was just sort of like, oh, like that's a cool thing. And I want to care about this kid a lot more. And I will always hate myself for calling him the little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> in holidays during his first three years. So you kind of did have a moment. You had a moment. Yeah, there was there was a moment of like, okay, this is cool. Mm-hmm. It's just been interesting to, to see it happen and kind of get an idea of what it would be like to be in charge of a human, not like a kid. Because I think if we say like, oh, it's a kid, you just sort of like play with it like a doll. Like this is a human being and it's pretty amazing. 
And now we're moving on to Rasan. He's the oldest member of the group at 38. I had a couple of, of very good friends who ended up getting together and actually getting married, and they made me the godfather to this tiny little person. And I met her for the first time, and her little tiny little fist, like, curled into my shirt, and she went to sleep, and I'm like, I can't move. And they're like, no, you, you can sit down. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You won't wake her up. I'm like, no, I can't move. I'm like, I don't want to move. I can't. I don't want to move. They're like, this little person thing is moving. And I'm like, I babysat her at one point to let them go out and go have their own date night post baby and knew none of the instructions and essentially gave this child undiluted apple juice, which is like giving a child crack, and then just proceeded to have to clean and repair half of my apartment by the time I was done. The DVD players fucked up. I mean, like a whole nine yard. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. The whole thing again. And it took a while for that to really set in that I want to redo my entire schedule. So I'm like, okay, you got T-ball practice. All right, let's go. You know, it's time to study. I'm sitting on this side of the table. You're sitting on that side. All of that. I want all of it. I want to be broke because you have. You need to have braces. I want to be broke. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Sometimes when I hear those answers, I have kind of like softcore porn music playing in my ears. But <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to hear these um, men with feelings kind of wash over me and be reminded that that existed. I've always wanted to name my, if I had a son after my father, David. That's Sam. He's a military vet who's now a photojournalist at 32. And then if I had a girl, I've always liked the name Olivia. Noel, after my, uh, my grandfather. Camille... Carly or Luxana. We also had Nikhil, who's this kind of like policy wonk, kind of a dude in a suit and a tie. But then you won't believe the name he wants to give a daughter someday. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my name is Cake. Cake? Yeah, he has a reason. I Okay, so like the reason why I like the word cake is it sounds kind of like cake. To me, like when I say the word cake, I feel like I'm almost uh, enjoying cake as I say it stencil boy or girl i feel like that's actually good these are not real names andrea (laughs) this is where these guys are at right now cake and stencil these these are the future fathers of cake and stencil but in the same breath nikki will tell you that he'd love to name a son tamir after tamir rice because he feels really strongly about the black lives matter movement so i don't know i feel like once they get closer to actually having a real human being in their lives who they're the parent of they might think about it differently and maybe once they, once they have a partner. Yeah. <laughs> to say. Who has a maybe say. Maybe middle name. <laughs> maybe her middle name will be King. Uh, does any part of their answers so far bring you back? I mean, I, I go back and forth between really, like, empathizing with them and thinking, like, oh, you, <laughs> you have this, you have, like, a very skewed vision of what this is going to be. Um, but... I can relate to the tenderness that they feel toward babies. And then it's a tenderness that I felt, especially before I was a parent. And and I still feel that tenderness, but now I feel more complicated feelings when I see people with babies. The first thing I think is, oh, oh, so cute. And the next thing I think is, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this will be hard. Yeah, it'll get better. <laughs> so next we have... Terrence, who is 33 years old, and his reasons have less to do with being around cute babies. 
he was on board with paying for braces, too. It feels like the or at least like my version or like my way of thinking about that is like, oh, when I'm in charge of structuring the things in my life, you know, and I only have to consider me like how I spend money and how I spend my time and what my priorities are like, they're just awful. But when it's like when there <laughs> yeah, are stakes exactly. and like somebody is like, yeah, I'd rather be broke because I'm like giving you braces than because like I got really into, I don't know, like calligraphy for a month or whatever. And it's bought all of the things to do it. That's not an actual it's example, like, it's like, <laughs> but it's totally in line with something that at least I would do, like the weird bad decisions I'm making. It's like steaks. Pottery class versus braces. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like like I don't know if that's like saying like I like to get a dog because I want to get more exercise because I have to yeah. walk it. Like that's a bad way of thinking, but it seems like the having steaks beyond yourself. Maybe I just need a cat. <laughs> and, and don't and don't like, get the cat. Don't get the I cat. Love don't, cats. Don't, don't cats get are the great, cat. man. Don't get cats the cat. Cool. I have multiple cat. cats are great. Yeah. Multiple cat tattoos. But like like <laughs> like like what do you cat do? Tats? Is is having purpose like the thing that I'm looking for? So I'm having very complicated feelings right now as a person who has um a cat and a mom who's a calligrapher. <laughs> this is about you. <laughs> Would you also tell him that a reason to have a kid isn't for self-improvement? Or is it? I mean, I think so much of why people have kids are for selfish reasons, for self-improvement, self-fulfillment. And I don't think that's bad. I think why shouldn't we have the kinds of lives we want? And if they include a kid and we feel like that's going to improve our lives, then we're going to be good parents. So now I want to tell you about the youngest member of our group. His name is Ryan. He lives in Long Island. He's 25 years old and works at a tequila bar. It's not like, oh, it's this one, this one, and this one once was talking to me, and I got this one's number, and that one's on. It's, it's not like that crazy. Maybe once every other night I'll get a girl's number. Only once every other night. I know. It seems rough. <laughs> so you'd think he'd be the most irresponsible one of them all. But instead, he had a very clear plan in mind. He is positive he wants to adopt or foster children. And it came to him as an epiphany right after he noticed the world population reached 7 billion. I just witnessed over a billion people in my life just coming into being. And I was like, I can't add to that. But he's having a hard time telling potential dates about this decision. He hasn't even told his mom. Speaking of which, I actually went on a date last week and... She decided to do one of those ice-breaking questions about kids, and it. I had the opportunity to say something, and I didn't. You know, I just like kind of played along. She's like, "Oh, you know, like our daughter." Um, <laughs> if can you hear me? I'm like, "What? What? How'd she do that? Tell me more." <laughs> Taking notes. We were talking about like difference in personality traits, and I asked for an example, and she was like, "Oh, well, you know, like if we had a kid, da, 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 you know, this is how you would react, and this is how I would react." And you know, in my head, I was like, "Well, I'm not like lying because I do want kids, just probably not the way that you're thinking, thinking about yeah. wanting kids." And that's a lot of personal information to unload on an yeah. early, early date. I don't have these conversations with my friends, and you know, as far as like communication goes. We don't talk about, like, the real stuff, so let alone a relationship. It's, like, I need to trust someone real well to get to that point. Or be in a room full of strangers. Or be in a room full of strangers that you don't know me from Adam, so. (laughs) So, Hillary, at this stage, I wanted to ask the guys if they were also thinking about that term we were talking about earlier, 
that phrase reverse timeline. It's the age when you think about wanting to have a kid and then you do the backwards math to see if you're on track or not. And one of the guys, Terrence, he hadn't had a timeline in his head until he went home for Christmas last year. He was doing research into his family's genealogy and he made this discovery. I'm the first person in 100 years to not have kids after 20. Ever, like My parents are like super young. Everybody 20. has their first kid at like oh. 18, 19, 20. Dude. And so like I go home and it's just babies constantly wow. everywhere. Now, Terrence, he's 33. And at the time he found this out, he was fresh out of a breakup with someone he was pretty serious about. So when he was home, he went out to dinner with his mom and they talked about it. When I told my mother that my relationship had ended, which she was convinced was going to marriage, which I was sort of convinced was going to marriage and kids, that was actually just this Christmas when I went home and we were sitting, we were sitting at like a Mexican restaurant and I like I told her earlier and then we were talking for a while and I also told her like, oh, and then I should show you these photos. I've made these Halloween costumes for some of my best friend's kids who I've been spending a lot of time with over the summer. And I pulled up the photo and it like showed it to her and it was like two dinosaur heads on these little kids made out of cardboard. And uh, she looked at it and then just started sobbing. And I was just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, what's happening? Like, why, mom, why? And she just looked at me and was like, you'd make such a good dad. And, like, I almost just, like, it was like, Jesus Christ, mom, like, almost walked out of the restaurant just be like, this is the, the intensity of emotion and weird, like, instinctual forces happening here, just too intense to, like, deal with right now. We are in public right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's salsa and margaritas, and this is, like, existential genetic shit happening right now. That moment makes me tear up, just picturing her wanting this for him, but then totally unable to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... I didn't think that I would have kids by now, but that I would be, like, in a scenario that would lead to that by 35. And then all of a sudden to realize after, you know, a pretty significant breakup, realize, like, oh, the way that I thought my life was always going to go unconsciously is definitely, almost certainly not the way it's going to go. And there's, like, no roadmap for it now, which was a weird realization because it wasn't sad necessarily but it was also just disorienting because it was like i didn't realize like simultaneously to figuring out that i wasn't gonna have the life that i thought i was gonna live i also learned that i was thinking about it that way the entire time i actually think that's one of the coolest things about life which is that we can't plan it no matter how hard we try to there's like a million like pithy quotes about exactly yeah, there's that. so many there's so many yeah there's so many turning points really yeah it's a journey uh, and it's a journey <laughs> it's not a destination <laughs> Drop the mic. (laughs) Throw away the maps, guys. (laughs) And it kind of became a joke in the room about how you can't plan out your future. Then Sam jumped in and said, you know. I also think that we as men, we've got a little bit different perspective on it because we don't have the same ticking Mm -hmm. clock that women do. So we don't have to worry about the timing of everything. We could be 50, 60 years old and, you know. Okay, you're right. You're right. But like, like, back to what Eric said. We're very well versed in in the fact that women have these biological clocks and they start ticking in their mid-30s. That's what we're led to believe. But, But like men, men aren't being sent those messages. The messages that they get, I mean, I guess they don't get any messages, but they're like thinking, well, like, my stuff's going to work. Yeah, they're thinking about examples of famous older dads. Yeah. 
It happens. Yeah. But is it true that sperm doesn't deteriorate? Not true. For men over 40, there's an increased risk of miscarriage, autism, brain defects, schizophrenia, all kinds of stuff. So there are still risks involved, even though technically you can create a baby. Things to be considering and talking about as you're dating and figuring and like figuring out your own situation. But this wasn't on the minds of any of the guys in right. the room. <laughs> they were oblivious. <laughs> yeah. Their debate about this was kind of incoherent. And then I jumped in. Have any of you guys come up with an age limit, like the oldest that you would want to be before having a kid? No. 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 For me. no. no. So that's interesting. All those guys were like, no, no age. Andrea, in your life, talking to women, do you do you hear that? Like, no, nah, I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't have an age by which I would want to have a kid. Gosh, I, this isn't a thing that I've really thought about before, but isn't there kind of like a go-at-it-alone age that you kind of keep in your head where by this age, I'm going to have to decide if I'm going to go at it alone or not? Yeah, I've heard that. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, that's I've heard the, people that's say that. That's the age I think about is, is at what age is my deadline to make a decision about going at it alone. So now you might know what I'm about to ask the guys. And I realized that a lot of them had never been asked this before. If you don't meet someone in the time that you thought you would meet someone, would you pursue becoming a dad on your own? And some of the guys knew. So Rasan, he is totally sure he wants to do this. He's 38 years old right now. Like somehow, some way, I will go and take care of small children and they will, you know, be embarrassed about me the same way I am about my dad. And this also goes for Ryan. He's the guy who never wants biological children. And actually, he doesn't even want a traditional wedding either. So he thinks that the combination of these two factors is going to be too much of an obstacle in his dating life. So if I tell someone, like, listen, I don't want a wedding and I don't want to have kids, like, well, then what the hell do you want? So I tend to not—I tend to avoid these conversations. I've had them few and far between, and they don't ever end well. So I've always just been like, well, you know, it's not going to happen. So I'm going to be a single dad at some point, and, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. But the more common answer I heard from these guys was that they hadn't thought about it. Sam hasn't. I hadn't really thought about it uh, until you sent us the question. Nikhil hasn't. I've never thought about it before. And then— there's Eric. That 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 it's it's just not useful for me to think about that right now. And given the number of anxieties that I have in life, to think that far ahead is just not useful for me. But that's just me. So, God, that'd be nice <laughs> if I didn't right? have to think. If I didn't have to have a plan. Ignorance is bliss. Okay. But why do you have to have a plan? I mean, well, okay, so Eric's 35 and he's saying, I don't want to think that far in my future. But if I were 35, I wouldn't be able to say, I don't want to think that far in my future. Like for me, if I want to freeze eggs, I have to do it by 34. So I'm turning 32 next month. I have two years to decide if I want to freeze my eggs or not. So I have to make decisions like, how much do I care about biological children? Do I have an extra 10, 20 grand? Mm -hmm. There is at 32, there isn't, that isn't far away in my future anymore. And actually, I just listened to a great episode of The Longest Shortest Time that said the risk of vaginal birth goes up. Or it's just like there's more likely permanent damage that happens the older I get. So I, these are decisions I have to make mm -hmm. right now. Gotcha. Did you hear that sound, Hillary? I heard that. This is the sound of male sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. 
This is the same sound your boyfriend makes when you're like, oh, my period hurts. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. But they don't know. They're like, oh, yeah, that sucks. I never had to think about that. And they will continue to not have to think about it. It's true, but it does sound like for the ones who are thinking about maybe doing this in, a, in an alternative way, they are already thinking about it in similar ways to the way that you are. Maybe because of the way I want to become a dad, I'm going to have to do it without a partner. Maybe. Yeah. And I'm grateful that the women in my life are constantly asking me if I want kids, when I want to have kids, how I see that happening. These guys aren't having the same conversations over martinis with their girlfriends. Right. They're having them (laughs) on a podcast focus group. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, Andrea, are you starting to think about whether or not you would go it alone? Yeah, I've thought about it. I don't think I've found an answer. I I don't know if biological children are important to me. And I don't know how you figure that out. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I keep accidentally talking about this with friends who miss their window to have a kid. Like miss their window biologically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they look back at their 30s and they say, I just didn't meet that person. And I can see that being me, but I want it to be me and then also say, but damn, I did a lot of dating. <laughs> you know, I want I want to say I missed finding that person to start a family with. But holy crap, no one worked harder on her dating life than me. And that's just how I'm wired. Not everyone's that way. It, it does seem more likely to me that I'll adopt at like 37 or 38 if I don't meet that person. Then I'll freeze my eggs and then unfreeze them and go through the birth process on my own. I feel like if I don't meet someone I want to do this with, then biological kids won't be important to me. Mm -hmm. But one of the big questions is, if I ever were to be a single mom, I know I'd need a big support network. I'd need to be able to ask for help and be near people. And I don't have that right now. I don't live near any family. I'm bad at reaching out to friends. Even on my worst nights of the breakup, I wanted to just bear it alone. And until that changes, I don't think I can really think about being a single mom. So I'm thinking about my life now in this phase of putting more energy into dating, putting more energy into building a support network around me that has nothing to do with a romantic partner. And if I can successfully do one of those things, then I'll be ready. The support network thing seems like a great idea no matter what. Right. Like you can't lose (laughs) by building that up. And by, like, asking for help when you need it. And it's, like, one of the hardest things to do, I think. But that sounds like a really good plan. I'd call that a success, right? But there was still one more thing I was hoping Andrea might get out of this focus group. A date. More on that when we come back. Don't go away. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. 
From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. We're back with Andrea Salenzi, host of the podcast YOY. While Andrea and her producer were booking guys for this focus group, Andrea noticed that one of the guys seemed a little familiar, and she realized it was because she'd matched with him on Tinder. This was Eric. He's the guy who felt bad for calling his three-year-old buddy the little bastard baby. Eric lives in D.C., but he visits his family in New York a lot. So, of course, when Andrea told me this, I was hoping there might be some potential there. So, Andrea, I've got to ask you, did you go on a date with the guy that you matched with on Tinder? Define date. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you're you're like making this funny. You're you're like getting like um this funny look in your eyes. We hung out uh here in New York, but I still don't know if it was a date or not. Ah. Okay. So I guess we're about to find out. Oh, wow. Cuz we should ask him, right? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know we were getting so high drama right now. Okay. Eric? Hello? Hi, Eric. This is Hillary Frank from The Longest Shortest Time. Hi, Hillary. Hey, and I'm here with Andrea Salenzi, who you know. Hi. Hello. So, um, Andrea, I feel like you should start here. Well, I guess I was curious, Eric, if, um, how's it been going? Like, what's, what's been going on since you did the focus group with us? Uh, like in life, everything's just fine. Um, yeah, I suppose I am like as relevant to conversation that you're calling me. I guess I'm doing date things and they're fine. It, yeah. I feel like we're skipping over a big thing here though, right? <laughs> I mean, Which? Andrea. Eric, do you think we went on a date? I don't know. Was uh, it? No, I mean, no, no. No. We didn't. Never mind. <laughs> okay. It wasn't a date. We live in different cities. Right. And I don't even know I don't I don't know what a date is, really. <laughs> Wait, and so Andrea, you are like a dating expert at this point. Can you define what makes a date? <laughs> I am not a dating expert, obviously. Um, but we did meet up, you know, g- Go to a bar, have a few drinks, talk, kind of linger at the end of the night. And you matched on Tinder. And we matched on Tinder. So it could have been a date. But then it also isn't a date because we're not actually able to contemplate what more dates would look like because we live in different cities. And I'm starting to develop a definition of date as actually considering a future together. And I don't think we could have really been doing that. Right. Like, exactly. Like, the future component seems important. So it wasn't. Did you think it was? I thought it could have been or maybe was. I just wanted to know. I'm trying to learn how to ask it more, and I'm, ask, I'm asking it a lot now, actually. Um, usually before what I think is a date begins. So this is good practice. So I'm glad we talked it out. All right. Thanks, Eric. Bye, Eric. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. 
Dating's really hard, Hillary. I'm sure it is. Uh, it's been a long time since I have, and I don't envy you. Well, Andrea, what did you get out of doing this focus group? Like, what did you learn? We we set out for you to, like, learn stuff about, uh, like, the mythical single men who want kids. What surprised you about talking to these guys? It was just realizing how rarely I hear guys talk about this. I don't see it in movies, right? The common movie plot is, oops, she's pregnant. What will I do? You know, you Letting these guys' reasons wash over me and hearing the seriousness that they're taking their future was really fun. It was such a a weird aphrodisiac for me. (laughs) It would be nice to bring those kinds of conversations into my dating life, and I'm excited to figure out how I do that. So have you? I recently had a moment on a date where we talked about the kid thing. Who brought it up? He did. Because he listens to your podcast or because he just did? Even better, he's not listening to my podcast because he just wants to get to know me. Swoon, right? So on purpose, not listening to it. (laughs) On purpose, not listening because he wants to hear me tell him who I am. But we did break a rule of dating and I said, just tell me all your first date stories. Like, come on, let's, I love these kind of stories. And he just said, you know, it's just harder for women to be dating. They have different timelines than men. And I'm really aware of that when I'm on a date with a woman. And I was speechless. <laughs> like, you'd think I would be like, oh, right on. I'm This is coming up on my future episode of my podcast. Instead, I was like, I'm going to refill the water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so uh, moved by your ability to explain this to me. You're, he said out loud what I think about probably every second of the day. And, and so he said he wants kids. He didn't say that phrase out loud. But he did talk about taking his seven-year-old niece to the Women's March in D.C. and telling her what pussy means. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good sign. If that doesn't tell you that that guy deserves a second date, then I don't know what would. So there's going to be a second date. Monday. Oh, exciting. Okay, now, now I know you might be thinking, hang on. This guy is just like Andrea's ex-boyfriend. He never actually came out and said he wanted to be a dad. But don't worry. After the date, Andrea double-checked his dating profile. It says he wants kids. If you love Andrea as much as we do, you have got to check out her podcast, YOY. She talks about all kinds of people dating. But to hear more about her dating life, start with episodes 12 and 24. Quick note, um, in the focus group today, you heard Andrea voice some concerns about birth injuries. And we just want to remind you not to worry. Yes, birth injuries are a thing, but they are a thing you can deal with. You can get the help you need. If you have experienced a pelvic floor injury, we've got some great resources for you on our website. Just go to longestshortesttime.com and check out episode number 49, Healing After Childbirth. And while you're there at our website, we want to hear about your version of the reverse timeline. What was on your mind as you planned or didn't plan for having kids? Leave your comments in the post for this episode. That's episode 119. 
This episode was produced by me, Hillary Frank, with Kristen Clark and Abigail Keel in collaboration with Andrea Salenzi and Lindsay Cradwell. We are edited by Peter Clowney. Our engineers this week were Pete Karam, Jared O'Connell, and Andy Christens. Our technical director is the Reverend John Delore. Afim Shapiro recorded the focus group guys in D.C. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov and directed by Allison Layton Brown. You also heard music from Casey Holford and Andy Miklas. We get editorial support from Amory Baldonado, Antonia Akatunde, and Reka Murthy. Next week on The Longest Shortest Time, we are digging even deeper into this whole timeline thing. Our friend Sahar knows she wants kids, but... I just seem to sort of keep going out with poets who just lost their jobs. <laughs> that's really fun for like a, like a month, but that's not really where I see myself in the future. So Sahar has decided to take matters into her own hands. She is freezing her eggs. Don't miss this show. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we are looking for your stories. Tell us anything about your kids or your parents or your grandparents. More than anything, we love to be surprised. So go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story. I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm the host of a show called In Your Dreams. I had a dream that I was in my basement, and I very enthusiastically cut off my left hand. Alongside my very good friend and dream analyst, Gary Richardson. This was a show where we started off, we said we are going to analyze dreams. We said people could call in, let us know about their dreams, and we'd break them down. When I do have dreams, um, I call them like reality mares. That dream made me want to throw up. <laughs> that was disgusting. But I'll say, pretty much right out of the gate, things got a little crazy. What are we doing? What the hell is this? You're going to put a fucking mattress ahead of our friendship? Find out what went down. Walk into the heart of darkness with us. It's like my personal apocalypse now. Listen to In Your Dreams, very kindly presented by the folks at Casper. It's only on Earwolf. It's one of the things I'm most proud of. Comedically, I think it's uh, pretty strange, pretty funny, and I think you will enjoy it. Thanks so much. 